Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the new warning about the age group getting and spreading the virus. The stunning images of partygoers celebrating the 4th of July, ignoring social distancing. The reason tonight, Dr. Anthony Fauci says the average age of those infected is 15 years younger and why Harvard says all of its classes will be online. Plus, the Broadway star who lost his battle with the coronavirus at age 41. His wife's message tonight. Breaking news, the mayor of Atlanta says she has coronavirus but hasn't experienced any symptoms. Virus in the air, more than 200 scientists from around the world say the evidence is clear. Coronavirus could spread at distances greater than six feet. Why schools and businesses may need to retool their ventilation systems. A violent weekend. At least five children killed in cities across the country, including this eight-year-old girl in Atlanta. On the attack, the president goes after NASCAR and driver Bubba Wallace as he appears to defend the Confederate flag. Breaking news on that white woman who called police on a black man birdwatching in Central Park. The criminal charge she faces, and does that mean jail time? And we end tonight with the story of inspiration. A mom beats COVID-19, then gives birth to triplets. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with a dangerous and growing surge of new coronavirus cases across 40 states, pushing hospitals to test limits, taxing testing capacity and forcing governors to close businesses that had just reopened. And tonight, the country's top infectious disease doctor says most of those new cases are coming from young people who are getting and then spreading the virus. 
Dr. Anthony Fauci says the average age for new patients is now about 15 years younger than when the pandemic began, including in Florida, where 21-year-olds are now becoming infected at rates on average higher than any other group. Scenes like this of young people partying over the July 4th holiday have experts worried that the number of new cases will spiral out of control in the coming days. The mayor of Miami-Dade County now says he's issuing an emergency order shutting down indoor dining in restaurants as well as gyms and event spaces by Wednesday. And in Arizona, where infections jumped up 300% in June, Phoenix's mayor says her city is facing a crisis because of the demand for testing. One in four people tested for coronavirus there are positive. Tonight, we're also learning that Atlanta's mayor, Keisha Lance Bottoms, has the virus too. So as we come on the air tonight, the virus has killed more than 130,000 people nationwide. And there are more than 2.9 million confirmed cases here in the U.S. There's a lot of news to get to tonight, and our team of correspondents is standing by to cover it all. CBS's David Begno is going to lead off our coverage from just outside of Miami. Good evening, David. Good evening, Nora. With the governor of Florida refusing to roll back any reopening, local mayors like the one here in Miami-Dade County say we will do it ourselves. So today the mayor announced that starting Wednesday, there will be no outdoor or indoor dining allowed. You can still do takeout and delivery. I just spoke with a business owner who said, listen, I furloughed my employees. I took out a loan. I can't afford to close down again. But then you have others who are just as vocal in saying the mayor is doing the right thing. This is everything Americans were urged not to do. From Diamond Lake in Michigan, to an overly crowded pool party in Wisconsin, to the beaches of San Diego, the latest holiday celebration could lead to the next new COVID spike. In Arizona, where confirmed cases now top 100,000, lines just to get tested stretch for blocks. Tonight, there's late word out of Georgia that the mayor of Atlanta, Keisha Lance Bottoms, has tested positive for coronavirus, though she has no symptoms. This is startling for me because we've been so very careful. In a manageable crisis, about 5% of people should test positive. Arizona's rate is over 25%. Florida is at 18%. New York is down to one. An outbreak anywhere is an outbreak everywhere. Florida took over three months to reach 100,000 cases. It took just two weeks to reach 200,000. At Miami's Jackson Health System, the number of COVID patients in the ICU has tripled in the last month. Dr. Andrew Pastevsky is the ICU director at Jackson South. But I just saw on my list this morning a 26-year-old, 24-year-old, and this disease has turned on people very quickly. According to Dr. Anthony Fauci, the average age of coronavirus patients has now dropped by 15 years. In the state of Florida, 21-year-olds now make up the majority of cases here. Tonight, there's new analysis from the New York Times that shows blacks and Latinos are three times as likely to be infected and nearly twice as likely to die from COVID-19 than whites. And we're getting word Harvard and Princeton join a growing list of universities that say they will severely limit students from being on campus. David Begno, CBS News, Miami. This is Janet Shamley and at the Texas Medical Center in Houston, where hospitals are running low on ICU beds and the projected peak is still weeks away. Would you close gyms and restaurants in Harris County right now if you could? 
Absolutely. I, I would because it, it, the matter is I don't bring any joy from closing things down, but I know that until we bring that curve down, we are not going to be put, putting the economy in a position to succeed. Texas reported more than 500 new hospitalizations today and cases topped 200,000. Cases also spiking tonight in Austin. And it's scary right now uh, how quickly we're going to, to overwhelm our hospitals. And the Rio Grande Valley is an emerging hotspot. This tent, a desperate measure by one hospital to house more COVID patients. Hospitals in two counties in the region are now nearly out of beds. And there is late word tonight the Defense Department, at the request of FEMA, will be sending at least 50 medical personnel from Fort Carson in Colorado to embed in hospitals in San Antonio, where there's also a surge. Nora? That's big news, Janet. Thank you. Now to a warning tonight from nearly 240 scientists about how the virus spreads. Turns out the coronavirus can stay in the air longer than previously thought, especially indoors. These experts say airborne transmission is the only plausible explanation for super spreader events. Here's CBS News chief medical correspondent, Dr. John LaPook. Tonight, researchers around the world say the evidence shows the new coronavirus is likely airborne. When we cough, sneeze, talk, or sing, larger airborne droplets containing virus can travel, usually up to about six feet. But smaller particles called aerosols can go farther and linger longer. In some circumstances, those aerosols can travel more than 30 feet, more than the six feet recommended for social distancing. How certain are you that aerosols are playing a significant role in the transmission of COVID-19 past, say, six to eight feet? I think that's quite certain that that's happening. The implication is that you need to have everybody wearing masks and that you need to have good ventilation. Each layer of protection helps, like this cloth mask that partially blocks an aerosol from a simulated cough. Another layer of protection? Improve ventilation systems for schools, malls, nursing homes and businesses. A top priority for New York's governor, Andrew Cuomo. If there is a way to filter the air and there's a way to get COVID out of the air, then we want to do that. Dr. John LaPook, CBS News, South Shaftesbury, Vermont. President Trump's campaign will strongly encourage masks at the president's next event, an outdoor rally set for Saturday in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. This after two highly charged holiday speeches where the president attacked racial justice protesters and today defended the Confederate flag. CBS's Ben Tracy is at the White House tonight. Good evening, Ben. Nora, President Trump declared via tweet today that schools must reopen in the fall despite the surge in new coronavirus cases across the country. He's also increasingly making race-based appeals to his supporters. Instead of focusing on the increasingly dire rise in coronavirus infections, President Trump went after NASCAR's only full-time African-American driver, Bubba Wallace, today, demanding he apologize and falsely accusing him of perpetuating a hoax when a noose was found in his garage last month. It was later determined Wallace was not being targeted. This was not a hate crime, uh, and he believes it'd go a long way if um, Bubba came out and acknowledged that as well. Wallace responded to the president today, saying, always deal with the hate being thrown at you with love, even when it's hate 
from POTUS. President Trump also seemed to defend the Confederate flag, saying NASCAR's recent decision to ban it, a move backed by Wallace, has hurt its ratings, but they're actually up on several networks. He then weighed in on the Washington Redskins and Cleveland Indians, potentially changing their names in order to be politically correct, and added, Indians like Senator Elizabeth Warren must be very angry. Our past is not a burden to be cast away. The race-based tweets follow a weekend in which the president launched a divisive defense of America's heritage, which he claims is under attack. <laughs> Protesters threw a statue of Christopher Columbus into Baltimore's Inner Harbor Saturday. We will never allow an angry mob to tear down our statues, erase our history, indoctrinate our children, or trample on our freedoms. The president also claimed over the weekend that 99% of coronavirus cases are harmless. That is not true. Today, the White House press secretary said that the rest of the world looks to the U.S. as a leader in the fight against the virus. The U.S. does lead the world in the number of cases and deaths. Nora. Ben Tracy, thank you. Today, Jeffrey Epstein's former girlfriend, Ghislaine Maxwell, was transferred to a federal lockup in Brooklyn, New York. That's a far cry from her million-dollar estate in New Hampshire, where she was arrested last week. Maxwell was accused of recruiting girls as young as 14 to have sex with Epstein, who took his own life while awaiting trial. Maxwell has repeatedly denied the allegations. Over the 4th of July weekend in cities across the country, some people weren't sure whether they were hearing fireworks or gunshots. Emergency rooms were packed with dozens of people who'd been shot. In the terrible outburst of violence, at least five people died. Here's CBS's Mark Strassman. We didn't mean no harm. My baby didn't mean no harm. Charmaine Turner's daughter, Sicoria, her baby, died in her arms on the 4th of July. A group of armed men randomly blocked their car in Atlanta. Two gunmen opened fire. The eight-year-old girl was killed. This is about some people carrying some weapons who shot up a car with an eight-year-old baby in the car. For what? New York City on Sunday alone had 30 shootings. 48 people were shot, 10 of them killed. Philadelphia had 17 separate shootings on July 4th. Chicago called out 1,200 extra cops for the holiday weekend. 87 people were shot. 17 fatally, including seven-year-old Natalia Wallace. I found my baby laying here. I'll never be the same again. Crossfire hit the little girl standing outside her grandmother's house. Finally, in Washington, D.C., 11-year-old Devon McNeil's mother organized an anti-violence cookout. A stray bullet to his head killed the youth football star. It's going to be another young kid that's going to be shot and killed if we don't get out here and try to put a dent in this or stop it completely. Here in Atlanta, there were 31 gunshot victims over the holiday weekend. Georgia's governor declared a state of emergency because of the gun violence. He activated up to 1,000 National Guard troops to protect public buildings and potentially patrol city streets. Nora? Mark Strassman, thank you. We're going to turn now to Europe and its move to reopen. When pubs in England opened Saturday for the first time since March, some forgot about the new normal and picked up right where they left off with no social distancing. CBS's Charlie Daggett reports. It was dubbed Britain's Independence Day, a celebration of newfound freedom over the weekend. Your first pub beer in months. For months, yes. Yes, it's going to feel How's good. How's that feel? It's going to be wonderful. Yes. <laughs> 
But a different kind of wonderful. Screens between tables, hand sanitizer on arrival, masks entirely voluntary and hardly a single one in sight. Drinks were ordered from a hole in the wall. Cheers. Thank you. Not everyone stuck to the rules. Check out London's Soho on Saturday night. And with the highest death toll in Europe, Prime Minister Boris Johnson warned the public not to get too complacent. We think we're in good shape, but my message is let's not blow it now, folks. Over in Paris, the Louvre reopened after a 16-week shutdown. There, face masks were compulsory. Parts of Spain, however, took a step backwards. Fresh COVID outbreaks triggered new lockdowns, underlining the inherent risks of a second wave. But after months of virtual house arrest, it's a risk many here are willing to take. Charlie Daggett, CBS News, London. We got some tough news over the weekend. Tony-nominated actor Nick Cordero lost his three-month-long battle with COVID-19. CBS's Meg Oliver on how the virus took its toll on someone so full of life. Oftentimes, the ones that talk will get down on their knees. Nick Cordero was known as the tap-dancing tough guy on Broadway with breakout roles that catapulted him to stardom. If I like my lover. But in March, Cordero, 41, was diagnosed with COVID-19. Nick's body is extremely weak. Muscles have atrophied, so he can't move his body yet. His wife, Amanda Klutz, posted about his complications, many strokes, sepsis, a leg amputation, all while on a ventilator. Trying to stay positive, Clute started playing a song Cordero had written, Live Your Life. The world responded with the hashtag Wake Up Nick. On day 90, Clute's talked to CBS This Morning's Gail King. I grab his hand and I'm waiting for the day that he holds my hand back. But that day would never come. After more than three months in the ICU, he lost the fight. You don't forget one of your great ones. A great one taken far too soon. Cordero leaves behind his wife and one-year-old son, Elvis. Meg Oliver, CBS News, Montclair, New Jersey. Tonight, a woman from New York City who was seen on camera angrily confronting a black man in Central Park was hit with a criminal charge today that could send her to jail for up to a year. Here's CBS's Errol Barnett. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. This Memorial Day incident showing 41-year-old Amy Cooper calling the police on a black man who asked her to leash her dog has now resulted in a misdemeanor charge. Please send the cops immediately. Manhattan's district attorney announcing Monday Cooper is being prosecuted for falsely reporting an incident and is to appear before a judge October 14th. If found guilty, she faces up to a year in jail. Cooper's lawyer says she'll be found not guilty and noted she already lost her job, home and public life. She was going to tap into a deep, deep, dark vein of racism. Speaking to Gail King last month, the man who recorded the video, Christian Cooper, said Amy's behavior was racist, but stopped short of calling for further action. I'm not sure someone's life should be defined by 60 seconds of poor judgment. Errol Barnett, CBS News, New York. Please call the cops. 
They say two's company and three's a crowd, but tonight for one new Texas mom, her three little ones are a miracle after she gave birth to them while suffering coronavirus. Here's CBS's Vladimir Dutier with her special delivery. This is Maggie Solero holding her three newborn triplets, Isabella, Nathaniel, and Adriel, born two minutes apart on June 4th. But the road to their joyous arrival was complicated. You go in for a routine examination, mm -hmm. and what happens 48 hours later on Mother's Day? I found out I was positive for COVID-19. Shocking news for Maggie, who had been taking all the right precautions and had no symptoms. Wasn't so worried about myself, but everybody else around me and the babies. There were some complications, and the babies were born eight weeks early. But she said the staff at the Women's Hospital of Texas were there every step of the way. They motivated me. I did not feel like I was lonely. Vladimir Dutip, CBS News, New York. And we're happy to report that firstborn Isabella is being released from the hospital today at just over five pounds. We hope her brother and sister will join her at home soon. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, I'll bet you've never seen a game of bingo like this. It's giving college seniors a way to celebrate after the virus stole their graduation. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital. Hope to see you right back here tomorrow. Stay safe and have a good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.